This is an honest podcast about mental health and the reality we live in. The sad boys will serve as the ones who never really fit in and give a funny, real, and emotionally vulnerable look at the uncomfortable realities that make us who we are. And they will discuss coping mechanisms and solutions we use to get through it. By no means are the sad boys actually qualified to give you real advice, but they will not give you any fucking bullshit. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. To episode three. Episode three. three. Another day. Another dollar. Cheers. Hello and welcome to the We're Not Okay podcast. This is a podcast where your two favorite sad boys will discuss mental health, the state of the world that we live in, and the coping mechanisms we use to get through it. I'm your host, Isaiah. And I am Turkey. What's up, Isaiah? How you doing? I'm doing good today, man. So, you know, per usual, let's start off with some small talk. That's right, right. baby. This is episode right. three. So I, I kind of I kind of want to use a little bit of the topic for our small talk. Okay. So one of my main things is... When did you kind of start realizing that something was not quite right in your head? It did. Um, was that small talk? <laughs> That's no, heavy. it's not. It's not. You're right. You're right. That's right. heavy, baby. Right. Um, fuck. Fuck. Small talk. I'm not good at small talk. Um, I guess three weeks ago now, for everyone listening, maybe four weeks ago, um, the new trailer for the new Doctor Who dropped, and I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I'm a big fan of Doctor Who. And um, I'm just very excited. I, I woke up this morning and immediately, like, the first thing I did was I like, click play on that video. One eye was open and I was like, oh, I was just watching this video, just like, mm, yes, baby, give it to me, David Tennant. Mm. So I think when this video drops, it might be November 25th when the first episode comes out. So everyone get out there, watch your Doctor Who, leave it in the comments below. That's pretty exciting. And on, on that yeah. pop culture sort of aspect, you know, Doctor Who's been around for a very long time. Yeah. It's a very prolific show. So pulling it back, Mean Girls, yeah. right? What about? They are coming out with a new Mean Girls, <laughs> but it is literally copy-paste with new actors. But tw- it's 21st century. Oh it's God. just Gen Z Mean Girls. Can you imagine? With, with TikTok and... Yeah, with social media. <laughs> it's, mean it's, Girls with social media. Mean yeah, Girls with me. social media. It's wild. Oh, my God. Like, I... They could have revamped the whole thing. Yeah. No. Character names. All the same. No shit. No shit. Regina Why? George. Why? All of them. Same backstory. So now they have like shoes to fill. If they would have just done new mm-hmm. names, it would have been way better. Exactly. Exactly. Completely agree. But no, they're revamping old mean girls with Gen Z. Jesus Christ. Gen Z situational stuff, right? Yeah. It's so strange. Watching the trailer... You can see you like if you line up the trailer with clips of the movie side by side, same thing. Wow, same thing. Wow. There's even one because you know in Mean Girls they uh they do kind of a thing where there there's a video recording of a person. Yeah. They added the TikTok heart symbol with the comment signal with the wow. Yeah. Wow. Goddamn. Well, I'm excited to watch that. There's <laughs> <laughs> a random tidbit about the way things are going. Sprinkle's going to make me watch that. Um, it's going to be great. It's going to be fucking great. It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to be forced <sighs> to watch it, too. Maybe we can make a, a double date out of it. Yeah. Sounds great. Sounds great, man. Uh, what, is the, um, what is the title today? What are we getting into? Uh, so today we're going to be getting into medicated and dedicated, as you guys have read. So the main focus on this is when we realized mental health was an issue for us and the steps we needed to take to improve ourselves mm. and the dedication that it takes to maintain medical treatment. Oh, shit. It's, it's really hard. You know, a lot of the times people that struggle with mental health, it breaks down to motivation. Yeah. It's, and stigma. Yeah. Stigma and motivation, especially for men, um, you know, and women. Yeah. It just weighs a toll you know you're supposed to suck it up you're supposed to deal with it and not a lot of people seek medical treatment right uh on average only 26 percent of americans seek medical treatment for mental health and such a threatening thing exactly so it's tough yeah and it's it's threatening it's tough and there's not a lot of resources right there's not a lot and it's especially thinking like therapy 
Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. In our town, if you want to get therapy, not like medical, uh, whatever it is, like, do you need medication like me and him do? If you want therapy, which I think you also go to, uh, um, yeah. you used to at least, yeah. Um, it's like I called them and they were like, all right, well, we'll put you on a waiting list. And I was like, okay. And then Sprinkles had called them for the same thing. And they were like, oh, well, it's actually going to be, you're on a waiting list. It's about a year, about a year. I was like, and they called me recently, and they were like, yeah, so we lost another doctor, so there's just no way. We're not going to get to everybody. She's like, you're like number 216 on the list. She's like, but I'll email you some other doctors out of town. And I was like, thanks. Jesus. So the the doctor they lost was was my doctor. Um, so a big thing about our town, it's very small, very rural. It's all about the people that you know. Right. right. So... I didn't get back into mental health treatment until about three months before Turk started. Mm. And the wait list was still there. But I had some connects in the mental health department. So I jumped straight I jumped straight up on the top on the waiting list and I got a therapist almost immediately. Damn. Um, but she went on maternity leave, Mm. which is why they lost one. And I've been without therapy since a week before my birthday, which was kind of hard. I could have really used it at the time, but I understand. You know, right. she's about to become a mom. We got the We're Not Okay podcast now, baby. Exactly. We got this. this we got this therapy. avenue. And I honestly yeah. agree. Like, since we started doing this, since we started just even shooting the shit, not even posting episodes, just setting up the set, it's been so therapeutic. Knowing oh, yeah. that the the purpose oh, yeah. of what we're doing, you know what? the message we're trying to send. Our set may look like trash, but I love our set. I love it too. It's it's ours. That's right. It's ours. That's right. And that's why we love it. It's what we are building together. And you know, through time, through support, it will get so much better. So much better. It's it, you will not recognize this podcast set in two three years. No, no, fuck. Even like a couple months. Couple months. Yeah. I. But I'm I'm looking long term. This is something yeah. real for me. We are going to keep going. All right. Sick, dude. Um, what was your first question? First question for me, when did I realize that I had mental health issues? So, since I was a child. <laughs> okay. Since I was a child. Since I was a child. Since I was a wee boy. Um, reminds me of that meme, you know? What's worse than a predator? Child. <laughs> it's my favorite. That's a great no. fucking meme, man. Um, As a father, great fucking meme. Yeah. Um, my mother always told me since I was a kid, like you have issues, you know what I mean? Like your dad has issues, you have issues. And she tried to like push me to go and get help or do whatever and blah, blah, blah. Um, she'd always say like, oh, you're autistic. Oh, you're, you have anxiety. Oh, you, you know, you're hypoglycemic. Just, it was constantly just like pushing on my brain. And I was, I was just like, just no, dude, like stop. I'm normal. Like, please stop. Leave me alone. You know? Um, so since I was a child, but it wasn't until I became an adult and realized how easy it was to just make a phone call to try and start seeking treatment and help that I just started doing it. So I realized when I was a kid, maybe there was something wrong with me, but didn't want to accept it. And now that I'm an adult, I just go. I just go. I just do. So when I was 22. When you were 22? Something like that. I remember my buddy... um, he would go and get like therapy and do shit like all the time. And I'd always be like, dang, man, I wish I could do that. I really want to do that. But I didn't know how. I didn't know where to get started. I was like, what you need? Like insurance? You need like, what you need? Like what? Well, how do you fucking? And then we moved here and I just called some people. He's just like, hey, how do I? And they were like, oh, call this number. And I was like, sweet. And then I just called them. That was it. That was it. So since I was a kid, uh, probably younger than 10 years old, uh, my mom has pushed mental health on me, and I don't know if that was kind of uh, her way of having a kid that relates to her or what it may have been. Um, but from a very young age, I was given mental health medication. No shit. Yeah. I'd say seven, eight, I took my first medication. No shit. And it turned me into a zombie. Wow. And at that age, I learned how to pocket pills. Because I didn't like the way that they made me feel. I would put it in my mouth, drink my water. It would still be under my tongue. I'd spit it out. No shit. Uh, Yep. And as time went on, I started to realize that there was actually something wrong with me. Mm. I'd say about 13, 14, 
I had had several attempts and attempts on my own life. Right. And that's sort of when I realized Only something at was 14? wrong. Uh, 13. Wow. That was uh, the time of my first hospital stay. Wow. Um, it was December, shortly after my 13th birthday. Yeah. Um, I reached out to a cousin. I was like, something's wrong. I don't know why I feel this way. And I want to feel better. So that was my first serious attempt at mental health treatment. And I was on a medication for a while that did did good. But something I've learned about my mental health and my disorder is once I feel okay, I think I don't need the medication anymore. Right. So that, that kind of ties into the dedicated part of this episode. You got to keep going, I baby. I would always drop the medication. I'd always drop it after a few months. After three to six months, I'd stop taking it because I'm fine now, right? Right. I'm fine. But it was probably about when I was I was 24. It was the beginning of this year, really. I'd say within April, April, May, I started taking my mental health seriously, started taking the medication seriously. And you mean I've, like April 3rd or? No, it was it was probably the more so. So it was more <laughs> it was more so closer to mid April, I'd say. Uh, that was when I was finally able to get in with the psychiatrist and all of that. I realized something was wrong. Right. I needed to do better. I went years without medication in my early adulthood. I'd say from about eighteen until I was twenty two, and then I started medication. But like I said. Um, after time, I feel like I don't need it anymore. Right. I feel like I can do fine without it. Yeah. So I stopped taking it, and then I get back to the high stress. Things start weighing on me. Things start affecting me. And I need the medication to help me use my coping skills effectively. I get manic. Right. And, you know, those a lot of that comes with either, whether it's high self-esteem or low self-esteem, I have both of those effects. I'll hit a God mode complex where I think I can do anything. Like, I can do everything. Don't need this anymore. Yeah. yeah. I don't need this anymore. And the me- I mean, those manic episodes come even with I with the medication. That's where the coping skills really take effect. Uh, I need to realize that this is not reality. My confidence, it's not necessarily that I don't deserve the confidence, but the level of it is a little too much. Right which causes me to kind of think, you know, I don't need this. And then I stop taking it, and I'm right back here. I'm here. Stop taking it. And I gradually just go down. So that's... Remember to take it. I have to remember to take it. I set alarms morning, Mm -hmm. afternoon. I keep medication at my desk. started recording this episode, he was like, don't let me forget to take my meds. He set it on the desk. I was like, all right. I brought one, one pill because we record in the afternoons. Yeah. And it's around the time I take my meds. So I brought one pill, right. make sure that I took it because Hell you know, yeah. I need it. That's, I'm staying dedicated to improving. It's Dude, it's, it's such a good testimony. Like, legit. And I hope that you saying that helps somebody. I hope so too because, you know, I mean? you know I'm, I'm bipolar. And it's a very common thing for people with bipolar to feel that. Right. They don't need it anymore. Right. And my mom's bipolar. She does the same thing. And then she becomes a very self-centered person, which I do too. Right. I so you stop. Know where, where it comes from. You've, yeah. Yeah. You've I, dealt with it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. stopped caring about the individual and I'm so focused on I'm amazing. Right. Which I'm not amazing. My shit stinks just amazing. like everybody else's. Yes. But but they are amazing shits. I, I appreciate that. You're welcome. I heavily appreciate that. Yeah. But it's it's one of those aspects, you know. Yeah. Like we have to continue our medical treatment. Yeah. And I don't want to drop the ball here, but chronic depression, you know, it's what you suffer from, if yes. I'm correct. Yes, and, yes, and yes. It's one of those things, you know, your your serotonin receptors do not work. Mm. The way they do for a normal person. Right. So, you have so to- yeah. Um, for anyone who didn't listen to the introduction podcast, basically, um, yeah, I don't. My brain doesn't develop serotonin. Um, it comes from trauma and growing up different and also just chemical imbalances in your brain. And, uh, yeah, so 
I'm on meds, I basically have something called long depression um, that actually is more common in teenagers than adults, but here we are. Um, <laughs> so I had to take medication, and it's okay. I think I'm new to the whole medication world. I haven't gotten to that point where I'm like, I don't need this anymore, you know, but I totally get it because there's days where I felt that, like, I've been feeling good. I, I don't need this. You know what I mean? Like, I felt that, but in my brain, I'm like, no, motherfucker, you still take that shit. Like, you fucking, you get up, you take that shit because, you know what I mean? You want to be able to eat your cake and enjoy it too. You know exactly. what I'm saying? God, without it, I'd be like, nah, I don't want any fucking cake. I hate cake. Cake's fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's a great way to put it. Uh, yeah. You know, for for the depression aspect of it, once you start feeling better, like you said, you don't need it anymore. Yeah. But from the introduction episode, you mentioned the art show. Yeah. And as soon as they kicked in, you were like, ready to go. You were vibing. You were there with the crowd. You, yep. Hit it. You were there. And you felt yourself. Oh, shit. Right? Well, fucking pills kicked in. Hey, y'all. Antidepressants kicked in. Yeah, because we're open about mental health. Yeah. This is normal. Let's be Everybody's real. Like, neurodivergence is the regular now. Yeah, especially the world we live in. You say that and everyone goes, right on, dude. <laughs> yeah, like nobody. It's normal. Like neurodivergence. Yeah. Neurodivergence is the whole thought that your brain operates in a different way. Yeah. But. With how common it is now, I think the non-neurodivergent people are the minority. <laughs> they're the minority. Everybody, hey, normal fuckers. <laughs> they're, they, Fuck off. No, mental health just is just normal. Nah. Yeah. So you're still normal. Don't yeah. worry. But it's just such commonplace nowadays. Yeah. Everybody has some form of depression. Everybody has some form of, form of anxiety. It's just normal. Yeah. Day and to day. It's okay. To not be okay. Additionally, um, when you see someone with something like that, never compare yourself to them and never judge them. Just try to be understanding. We don't want up sad out here. Yeah, we do not want up sad. That's illegal in our parts, okay? Your shit isn't worse than their shit. Everyone's shit just stinks in general. So just do your best to understand what they're going through. If you would like to relate with them, that's cool, but don't try to be like, oh, no, I'm so much more sad than you're sad. It's such a common thing in today's world, too. It is. Everyone's trying to be cool. Like, fuck off, dude. Just they, stop. There's a lot of times where I'll share stories with people that I think care, and they're like, oh, no, this is what happened in my life. And it's I'm like, well, like, I didn't shut the fuck up. I didn't ask you. I was just trying to I was let trying you know to what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to free something off my shoulders. Right. And now here you are telling me how much sadder you are for your situation. And while I still feel for you, why are you doing? Why are you diminishing? My feelings right. ties back into pain being subjective. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's a good first episode. That so was I, um, pretty good. And the whole subject of being medicated and everything, I'm still so new to this journey. Um, I mean, I only had a couple meetings with the lady before she diagnosed me and everything and um, a couple of blood tests and stuff. And so because of how much I was told what I had when I was younger, like I'm like, is it actually just the long depression or... Do I actually have autism? Like everyone's told me I do, or, um, you know, like, is there more there? So I'm still so young in this process that I'm sure it's going to evolve over the years. I'll figure out what's really going on. The only thing I do know as of right now is that the medication I'm on is helping. So I'm dedicated to continue to take it. Even when there's weird bits, there's rashes, there's, not able to ejaculations. I'm working through that because it's better to be able to enjoy experiences than not. And that's what is important. Yeah. And I remember a lot of the time at the beginning of our friendship, you would talk about how you do something and have a very hard time enjoying it. Mm -hmm. It was not a satisfactory thing unless you were obsessed with the situation and it would go away. We'll just do things out of obligation. Yeah. Like, then obligation. Like, even like with our streams and our other shit, like there was a point where I was just doing it because I felt like I had to. Yeah, and I hope that you have that sense of gratification from it now. Right. It's something that do. makes I, you happy again. I appreciate it so much. And I realized I was in the meeting with the lady for the medication, and she was like, so what do you do that you actually enjoy? And I was like, 
Well, I play Dungeons and Dragons with my friends every Sunday. We've been doing this stream for like five years, and it's really cool. We have all these different characters, and like I have dice and like books, and I was just like, wow, you know, <laughs> maybe I do enjoy this. Yeah. And so from that outside perspective, I realized like, yeah, this is the one thing in my life that I like. It's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. I think so. I think so, too. Yeah. I think it's a great avenue for you, and you as a dungeon master is amazing. Thanks, and the man. fact that you are building your joy back through your medication, that's huge. Right. And I can feel the same. I didn't enjoy basic human life for a long time. You know, I'd Eating, wake up in the morning sleeping. and I'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like, right. goddamn, I woke up again. I fucking feel that so hard. Like, fuck. Yeah. Like, I'd go to bed at night, like, maybe this is the last one. Right. But that's not, that's not okay. You, like, wake right? up from a dream and you go, oh, we're here again. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, we're running it back. Yep. Oh, oh shit, here we go again. Yeah. Um, I love that meme so, so do I. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great meme. And that's how I wake up, or that's how I used to wake up every morning. Yeah. But since I've taken this seriously, I, all, uh, to, so to start, I did not take, therapy seriously my entire life right until i started therapy in uh april may of this year and that was a huge change how long did it run for it ran from april until sep the end of september because she went on maternity leave five months if that yeah and it was huge for me it made me realize so much more about myself so much more about the things in life that i actually appreciate right the things i want like to do you're talking to someone who's educated who yeah. can help you assess your feelings yeah and yeah. it was it was amazing yeah uh losing that was really hard um i bet i remember james our homie james what's up james what's up james i don't know if he watches these he was like when we were talking about the podcast he was like is it, dude, it's gonna be so good for isaiah because like he just lost his therapist and shit and he needs something like that and i was like word dude like that was one of the first conversations we had about this. Yeah, it was yeah. it was an amazing like this is an amazing opportunity. Yeah, not only to help myself, but try to help other people. Right, because you know we may not be in the same exact shoes. Right, but like you and I do, we relate. We understand. We empathize and sympathize with the situation, which helps us to sort of humanize what we're dealing with yeah it, yeah it's crazy those are big words but yes it's crazy because yes <laughs> yes but it's crazy because not enough people talk about this no very few people see so weird so like i was saying you know about 26 to 30 percent of americans seek mental health treatment in general and that's therapy 16.5 percent seek medication to google numbers for this episode I did Google facts. Yeah. Sick, dude. I Googled facts Proud of you. and proof and truth. And I also Googled the top suicide rates. And amazingly, the United States does not land in the top 10. No shit. No shit. That's, that's crazy. It is. Surprisingly, the top 10 is primarily South America and South Africa. Wow. With, uh, I believe the highest one was about 38 Point five people per 100,000 commit suicide a year. Wow. Which is insane. Yeah. Especially a lot of these populations range in the millions. And then how many do you think actually get documented and shit too? You know what I mean? And especially uh, the top one has one psychiatrist for a population of one million people. We thought our shit was bad. One psychiatrist. I'm going to sit back and shut the fuck up. This comes back to pain is subjective. <laughs> exactly. Shut the fuck up. Just, you got a waiting list of a hundred. We've got a hundred thousand. Exactly. It's it's insane. Fuck. It's insane. That's crazy. Gosh. Well, I do want to say, um, because of my mental health journey, um, I've been you know getting back in touch with my mom and stuff. We talked about this a little bit. Um, pull back the veal a little bit. Um, we still haven't had Thanksgiving. <coughs> We're recording before that. Um, so I can't talk about that yet. But um, I actually inspired her to go and seek help as well. That's amazing. And her and her man are both on medication now as well, um, which is rad. Um, I knew my mom had mental health problems. I mean, baby, I got them from somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of this is genetic. Yes, a lot so, of it. Um, yeah, a lot of it's genetic. I'm so I'm I'm fucking proud of her for doing that. And um, yeah, I'm curious to ask her about how it's going. 
it's a huge step, especially for the older generation. Yeah. Men and women of that generation were trained that there's... You're fine. You're, you're fine. You Shut need up. to tough it out. Go home. Exactly. Yeah. Tough it out. You're not anxious. Yeah. You're just, you're nervous. Like, get yeah. over it. Compared to our generation, which is like, they're telling every single person they have mm-hmm. anxiety even when they don't. Yeah, that's... <laughs> so it's like crazy contrast. Get a diagnosis before you start shouting what you are. I mean, anxiety is easy to point out, yeah. but you need confirmation so that you can properly address these issues. Coping skills when you're nervous, still amazing. Yeah. Still amazing. Do what you can to make yourself not feel nervous. But don't run around saying you have anxiety. Don't run around saying you have depression because you're sad. On like TikTok and shit, just like talking about how they're fucked up even when they're not just for clicks. And it annoys the fuck out of me. And I see that constantly too. You know, people that I know. Oh no. It's like I know you and I know that you're doing this just for clicks. You're fucking fine. I mean, I can't. I can't say you're fine because what if subjective. you're not and what if you actually did get a diet in the time that, but I know that you didn't. And so it just bothers the heck out of me because I'm like, I appreciate you for trying to normalize this shit because that's kind of what you're doing. But also like you're just doing it for like clicks, which upsets me because that's not what it's about, dude. Yeah. Are we doing this for clicks? Wait a minute. I mean, in a sense, but we are also doing this for the betterment of ourselves. And we're to not normalize and bring attention. Saying that we have something that we don't have. Yeah. That's the most important thing. We've we stated that we want to get guests to be able to talk about things that we're not confident enough in mm-hmm. talking about. That's the important thing. We are very heavy yeah. on the fact that we are not qualified professionals. Yeah. But our diagnoses come from qualified professionals. Sure. Sure. So, you know, we will share our experiences, the things we feel, and the correlation to those ailments. We've gotten um, a couple of emails. Yeah, Can I tell I, them about the emails? I would love. Um, I would love if you tell them about that. Email. If you're watching this, which I know you're not, but there are like professional therapy and like alcohol abuse centers that have emailed us, um, wanting to be like have their CEOs and shit like guest star on the show, and it comes from their PR rep. And I can tell it's just like a copy pasted email that they sent to like 15 other people. So like. Just because we're in the mental health category of podcasts, they've decided to send us these emails. And I'm just like, have you watched? <laughs> <laughs> and, and especially, you know, in the email, they specifically focused on addiction. And alcoholism. And, and alcoholism. And, and I was like, we hadn't even talked about that yet. The, the extent to the addiction that we talked about was our parents. Yeah. Our mothers. For like a second. And it was just brief. Yeah. So there's no way they watched it and thought, yeah. oh, wow, you covered addiction so well. We should be on your podcast. No, you shouldn't. We should. And another Look, edition. If if you are watching now and we're talking about you, Sorry. send me another email that isn't a copy-pasted yeah. email, and I would love to have you on the show. Make it feel real. Another thing, Turkey looked up their website. I, I did. And I did pulled up a, a crew or employee staff. And the person that they specifically wanted on the podcast. I was like, there's no way. There's no way. She would look at us and be like, what the fuck am I doing talking to these alt people? She'd call her boss and she'd be like, hey, what the fuck did you get me into? Her PR rep. Yeah, this is she would call. Yeah. What did you get me into? Yeah, I feel like they're just waiting for us to reply and then they'll watch the episode. Exactly. You know I mean? and that's a little concerning because they're going to do that and be like, oh, no, we're going to back out. Sorry. Maybe not. Maybe not. We're going to back out. And we don't we don't want that kind of energy here. We want people we know, trust, and yeah. And if you like, expect like are genuine. You want to get on the show and be real, and not just spit a bunch of book facts that people don't fucking understand. Then come on the show. This is about being real and telling relatable solutions that people can actually get behind. That's what this is about. We just want people right? to be genuine. You could spit your book facts about your shit. But we don't get we don't get it, man. This is about being real. We can spit some book facts. It's, it's that time. All right, guys, and it's time for the bridge. Time for the bridge. So for those of you that don't know, this is the bridge section of our show. We don't know how intense the conversation has been, and we'd like to take a moment to breathe, take a moment of fresh air, kind of relax from the situation. Yeah, 
So for today's bridge, we are going to go over a little bit to know one, a little bit more about one another. I would like to know, uh, my first question today, what moment in your life would you like to relive? Any moment? Any moment in your life, what would you like to, to have again? The to, first day I again? played Zelda Breath of the Wild. It was such an experience. But it's like something you can't go back to. It's just it's such like a, a good game that was just like so much fun. I also really enjoyed my college years and my musical performance class. There was so many like really cool people there that I would love to just talk to some more. That's amazing. I I can yeah. relate to that. I can and not the college aspect, but I can relate ah. to that. There are so many people that I would like to relive moments with and video games as well. Yeah. One of the most memorable video games for me and that I would love to relive the first time I played again is Skyrim. That's the, the same for a lot time. of people. Dude, I like Skyrim and Dead Island came out in the yep. same month. Yep. I love Dead Island too. And I was like dead set on Dead Island. And my friend at the time was like, no, dude, Skyrim's gonna be so much better. Back in the Xbox days, Skyrim, dude, you'd open a door and a loading screen would happen and you got like ten minutes. <laughs> yep. Go make a hot pocket, go outside, smoke a cigarette, come back in, and then maybe the loading screen will be done. <laughs> yeah. um, but Dead Island wasn't that great. It was fun, but it wasn't that great. But like, you know, maybe a couple days. But Skyrim was like weeks of gameplay. And he was Years. Right. He was right. Yeah, here we were Years. still playing this shit to this day. And Skyrim Together is out now. Yeah. Amazing mod. Mm-hmm. I want to get into it. You should. And I'd love to get into that I with you. Me and Fishy did that. Um, there's a... Channel point command thing that people can do like on stream where they can summon like bears and crabs and NPCs and horses and all other kinds of shit by using channel points. So like chat basically controls your game. Yeah. And it's fucking chaos. I love that because the Grouch Couch in general has the aspect of chat controlling the game. Yeah. Advantages, disadvantages, yeah. all of that. Random items. So it was fucking perfect. That's we only did it like three perfect. times, but it was it was rad. I bet it was fun, man. You know, yeah. it's it's wonderful being able just, to relive these nostalgic point, experiences. Like, playing something, and Ulfric was, like, stuck in the ground, like, T-posed. And he was in a place he wasn't supposed to be because the war's going on. So all these guards were just beating the fuck <laughs> out of T-posed Ulfric stuck inside of the ground because he got spawned there by chat. And so there was, like, 50 guards. And we're like, what the fuck is happening? And Fishy was like, what? And he just, his character comes out of this, like, in. He was like, what's going on? And he just sees all these guards. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, Ulfric Stormcloak just yeah. T-bows. And, and that's another thing. The prior game to Skyrim, Oblivion. Mm. So many great moments with that game. Yeah. The bugs, the glitches, the NPC yeah. dialogue. It was amazing. Yeah. If you drop an item and pause at the same time and then just continuously click on drop an item, mm-hmm. it'll spawn that many of that item. Yep. And I love the paintbrush glitch that sur- it lasted from beginning to end. Yeah. Drop a paintbrush, it floats. And you can just jump. <laughs> drop another paintbrush. Jump. <laughs> drop another paintbrush. And just, just ascend. And that's something I love about the creativity Classic. of video games. Thank you, Todd Howard. We yes, appreciate thank you. Thank you. Bethesda. Uh, thank you, Todd Howard. We were playing through... Okay, this whole bridge is just going to be about Skyrim now. We were playing through... <laughs> We were playing through uh, Skyrim on Wacky Wednesday, which is the thing we used to do on stream where I would dress up as... uh, I didn't dress up as nothing. Willie the Wizard would come on the show and play with Fishy. um, And we played through Skyrim. And one time he just like came out this building and Lydia, one of the main followers in the game, was just missing her head. And she was just T-posed for like an hour. And I just remember being like, What the fuck is this, Todd? Huh? If Lydia could be any more in the way. Yeah. Good times. Good times. That game definitely saved me through a few couple years. Yeah, same. And like, we make jokes. We're like, how many times have you bought Skyrim? Because you could buy it on 360. You buy it on Switch. You buy it on PC. You buy it in VR. You buy, you buy the anniversary edition, the HD remaster, the fucking... How many times have you bought Skyrim? You know what I mean? Uh, way too many times, to be fair with you. Fishy's at the most. I think he's at like nine. And Ooh. I was like, Jesus Christ. I've bought it like four times. Uh, Five for me, just about, because I started out on Xbox. Yeah. Moved to PlayStation. Yeah. PC. Never played the Switch version, but I bought the remaster for both the Xbox and the PlayStation. Nice. 
and the PC versions. Nice. Both the regular and the remaster. Hell yeah. So maybe that's a little more than five. But <laughs> whoever I, was watching, count that number. Count the number, please. <laughs> Leave it in the comments because forgetful ass guy right here. But uh, as we talked about in the introductory episode, video games, mental health, coping. Hand in hand. Yeah. Hand in hand. You get to escape. It's And there's also a sense of accomplishment and in- instant satisfaction that yep. comes from video games. Much like with vacuuming, if you vacuuming like up dirt, it, yep. it's instant satisfaction. So it's like the same thing with video game. Yeah. You like, achieve something. The little bar goes, yep. quest completed. And you're like, I... Did something. I yeah. helped this farmer pick flowers for his wife. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah, good luck. Hell to yeah. <laughs> See, I'm going to be a rough host for a little while, Turkey. Yeah. I'm going to be a rough host. Just because I'm not used to this. I am new to content Aww. creation. We just got a YouTube comment. Ah, Another World YouTube Tabletop comment? said, Such an uh, excellent pod. Y'all have a ton of heart and wisdom for folks dealing with mental health. Keep it coming. This is important work. Oh, that, that feels gratifying to what we're trying to do yeah. here. That just, it rises hope that people are receiving the message we're trying to give out. Right. And I hope through the work that we're doing, we are inspiring other people to seek medication, to seek treatment in any way, shape, and or form. And to just talk about it. Yeah, we're, we want to normalize things. We can normalize mental health one conversation at a time. We can normalize. That's all it takes. All it takes is having people speak out. Because if we talk, then you listening, you get out there and you talk about your issues, you might not know someone next to you might be feeling a similar kind of way, but struggling with it. And then when you talk about it, it makes them feel okay to be able to open up and talk about it. And you might have just saved them, you know, more time on this earth with us just by talking about it. A lot of times all people need is a hand of understanding. Yeah. Somebody reaching out. Like, hey, I feel your pain. I know or understand what you're going through. And I'm here with you. We can get through this together, in a sense. Mm-hmm. We, you, At the end of the day, you have to keep fighting. We want to live inherently. Humans' natural instinct is to survive. 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 Repent. We would love to thrive yeah, while we do it. And that's what we want. Because we're feeling a sense of the good. We want others to have that. Right. That's what this is all about. This is the message we're trying to send. Not only, and especially, you know, we are men. and We are men. We are men. And the stigma around men talking about mental health is so large. This is, like, this is huge. Oh, there's nothing wrong with you. You're a guy. Shut up. Suck yeah. it up. Suck it up, buttercup. Or like, yeah, you, you aren't allowed to be upset. Throw on your big girl panties and and be real. Yeah, it's not okay, man. And this is huge for a lot of people, a lot of men. They're going to see this. They're going to talk about this. They're going to relate and feel. um, Someone that knows us, They, uh, it's a female. She listened to the podcast and she was like, I don't want to name drop. It just feels weird on the show. No problem. um, She was like, yeah, I really wanted to. I I told my boyfriend that he really needs to watch and listen to the show because like, I just feel like he struggles with the same stuff and. I'm like, yeah, like we aren't targeting men, but like as an audience, but like, yeah, we aren't targeting men as an audience, but having a male figure speaking out about this stuff, we're not, we're not prolific. We're not throwing ourselves out there as being popular, crazy crowd, (laughs) but having men speak up about it Mm. is going to speak to men in a different way, right? It's all about that we want to normalize yeah we want men to not feel alone make them feel like it's okay and in general people yeah because it is okay like we were talking about at the beginning not enough people speak mental speak about their mental health or seek mental treatment so there are a lot of people that have come and gone in my life and 
now that I'm older and I'm seeking mental health treatment, I hope that they have gone and, and seeked some kind of treatment because I just know that they for sure have issues. Um, but I think we shouldn't ever feel like an important part of this is just because we're on medication and, and we're seeking treatment. Like we should never feel like we're on some kind of a high horse when we're around people that haven't, you know what I'm saying? Like we shouldn't look down on them because they haven't, which is weird to say, but in that same vein, we shouldn't feel like we are <clears throat> obligated to tell them to go and seek treatment. Like, you need to go get a therapist and you're bipolar. You need medication. We should not do that. I would never, ever diagnose somebody. Yeah, because so, it's not what it's about. But oh. listening to them when they talk to you is important. Just listen and understand like we've spoken about before. Um and you can always encourage, be like, hey, yeah, why don't you, you know, you could help them. Be like, all you got to do is just call them. Like, here's my guy. Give them the business card, whatever. If you want to, you know what I mean? It's important to never push and never feel like you're better than someone just because you're on meds and they aren't or something like that. One of the biggest things, especially when it comes to mental health treatment and even in addiction, sometimes pressing somebody like that will push them away from the idea. That's very true. It will make them think, oh, no, like, this is dramatic. This is not okay. Like, like I'm fine. You don't need, I, went through, I don't need to do this. When I was younger, my mom trying to self-diagnose me with autism and with, yep. you know what I mean, it really pushed me away. Yeah, you started to think it was. it's almost like a boy cried wolf sort of situation. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people kind of stray from that. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you're like, oh, this is wrong with you, this is wrong with you, they will be like, oh, fuck you, nothing's wrong with me. Right. And they won't seek that treatment. All you can do is suggest, show love, show support, and recognize change. Especially, like, instead of being, like, the situation with me and my mom, I just told her, like, yeah, I went and did the thing, and it was awesome, and I had a good experience. And so she went, oh, you had a good experience. That's good to hear. And that is what had encouraged her to go and do it herself. Yeah. I wasn't like, you need to go because I went and, you know, no. that's not, that's not it. That's not what it's about. It's this helped me. Maybe it'll help you. Right. right. You don't, you, you need to go do this. You need to go do that. I'm the kind of person you tell me I need to do something. Fuck you. I'm going to do the opposite. Mm. Like I, there are a lot of people that are that way. I don't know why, but it's my immediate response. Like, yeah. you're telling me this is what I have to do. Fuck you. I'm not doing it. Right. It's true. It's so true. But the main point of this is seeking help and getting on medication if you need it is vital. Yes, definitely. It is vital. That is the point of this episode. Um, and if you are on medication, making sure that you stay on it and before you stop taking it or feel like you need to, speaking with your doctor is also vital. If you feel like it's making you feel weird or whatever, but you have two weeks until you see your doctor again, still don't take it. I'm a prime example of that. Yeah, you need to call your doctor. You need to consult with them Be because like, hey, you can look. end up in a worse situation. Yeah. You can end up way worse. Just cutting off a medication, you can have such bad withdrawal effects mm -hmm. where you just feel like you're dying, mm -hmm. and it's not okay. Um, we have the same psychiatrist, and she has taken the same approach with both of us, where it's, if it's not working, take more. <laughs> but don't take our word for that. Don't Talk take our word doctor. for that. Talk okay. to your doctor. We have the same qualified professional. We are not qualified. Yes. You need to talk to your doctor. Yes. Gosh, can I tell a story? No, go for it. I've got me a tell story. Tell your story, brother. Um, my mother was on Sandy Bars, Xanax. I was addicted to those for many years. And uh, I've always been afraid of medication and stuff like that because of my mom's addiction i've always been afraid of like doing drugs and things of course i've dabbled here and there which you guys will hear about on the show um but i've never been like this is something i'm gonna do forever uh, you know 
And so I was always very scared, but I knew there was something wrong with me. And sometimes I would go through big bouts of anxiety and depression and having a bad time. And so my mom would actually give me little Zanny bars and I would break them down into eights, little eighth pieces. And this is unprescribed. I would take these things. Uh, I always felt like they helped me, which I did mention to my doctor. Um, and uh, I was like, yeah, you know, they really leveled me out, which I feel like they did. Like some months, I would just be like, fuck. So I'd, for like a week or so, I'd take a little eighth of a Xanax and then I would feel like I was okay. And it was one of those things where I would take it and just forget that I ever took it, much like my antidepressive pills that I take now. I just take it and forget. Because it's not one of those things that like I can feel it throughout the day. It's just like levels me Yeah. So uh, my point of that is if you are doing anything else, if you do go to seek treatment, make sure to just communicate with your doctor because like even though what I did was definitely illegal um, and isn't that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Like if you smoke weed and it levels you out, make sure to let your doctor know because like that's not a new thing. It's not special. I bet you money your doctor has plenty of patients that smoke hella weed because it levels them out. Just make sure to communicate that with them. Um, and it's important to do so. You know what I mean? Just communicate and shit. It's very um, important. Yeah. And self-medication is such a huge thing with mental health. Yeah. There are so many people with mental health issues that suffer from substance abuse disorder. Yeah. And a lot of that is because as a person that struggles with mental health, uh, we long for the feeling to either feel better or not feel at all. Right. Or even like, I feel like there's like a little bit that you feel a little bit better at one point and then you hold on to that feeling. You know what I'm saying? And exactly. then you, you keep trying to chase it. You're chasing the white horse yep. for lack of a better term. And you're never um, going to catch it. But then you're just at that point, you're just getting high. You know what I mean? Yeah. It becomes as, as a person that struggled with a Xanax addiction, Xanax made me not feel anymore. And that's what I wanted. And it took me a very long time to realize that I was dying mm. doing this. And I took 12 in a night. I feel like that's not good. It's not. I was no longer me. Right. I was Xanax. I was a zombie of a human being. <laughs> Zen Daddy. More like Zan Daddy. What's more up, like dog? Zan Daddy, but we Zen now. <laughs> I spent a lot of time. I am now currently seven years sober from Xanax. Good, man. Seven years. Good. And yeah, it's crazy. That's an amazing feeling. I'm 25. Some of these pills are so powerful. They're powerful in the sense these that they make you forget what you're dealing pharmacists with. Pharmacists have figured out ways and to fuck with the chemicals in our brain, dude. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy. You know, I don't want to dig too much into this. This is kind of conspiracy. But pharmacy medication... It's a cash fucking cow. Mm-hmm. It's a cash cow. They- There's a popular punk rock lyric. Um, the crack house is now a pharmacy. Yeah, it's true. It's it's really hard, especially to admit that there's a problem. Whether it's depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, no matter what it is, addiction. It's hard to admit there's a problem. Right. It all ties in. And when you finally make that realization that, oh, fuck, what I'm doing is not benefiting me, you make that change. And, you know, some people don't make that correlation. And unfortunately, we lose those people. Mm. And that's hard because I feel like if they knew that someone out there understood or could relate, that they'd still be here today. So sad because that's so true. It's hard, man. Yeah, it's my hard. Buddy, yeah, and you know, like he would have just reached out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, like if if he felt comfortable reaching out, but it yeah. was so stigmatized, right? Yeah. Uh, my uncle, for example, uh, he had a really bad point. He had similar issues to me. Didn't know his place in the world, and honestly, that's one of the things that motivated me to not be the way. That I was. He was a great fucking guy. But he did not take care of his mental health. And that led him down a path where he's no longer here anymore. And 
I didn't want to be a part of that statistic. I wanted to be something else. Don't be a part of that statistic. I just want people to be happy. It's a tough one. Yeah. We just stuff. Uh it's a tough one. But it's true. Who to talk, you know? Open up. As my mom always said, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. Agreed. If you're gonna ask if you expect help without asking for it, closed mouth does not get fed. That's right. It ties back into one of my main beliefs. Um Unspoken expectations are premeditated resentments. This is something that's been taught to me recently, but it has heavily become one of my beliefs. If you don't say or line up your boundaries or speak up about what you need, you're just going to resent when people don't do it. Right. Uh, she would always say, don't feed the monkeys, though, she would always say. So don't, like, feed into bullshit. Um, don't feed the night monkeys. Don't feed the They're monkeys. They're going to get you. Yeah. Well, good man. So, if you feel like you need help, if you feel like you need to go the medication route, do your best to explore those avenues. It will inevitably, whether you need medication or not, be the better for you. Yeah, it'll help. You will experience things that you have not experienced before. Whether it's getting the confirmation that you are normal or getting the confirmation that medication and therapy will help you be normal, that is okay. Yeah. Or it's okay. Feel normal. normal. We're doing this in quotations normal. because what is even normal? Normal we'll is talk so about subjective. That later. But for now, remember everybody. It's okay. To not be okay. Thank you for checking us out. Bye-bye. to my.hftd.org to donate to suicide prevention. Together, we can start the conversation around our mental health to proactively prevent suicides. Okay, so I genuinely need your opinion on my...